Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Okay, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I am your host, John Quick. And if you are tuning in with us right now, you are on Facebook Live with us, which is very exciting. We kind of transformed into this uh, form of media a couple months back, and it's gone really well. We've had um, some of our videos get 10, 20,000 views, which in the podcast world is a lot of views. And so we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, today. We also want to thank our sponsor of the show, Charlie Pierce for Governor. Um, he has stepped in and sponsored our show. His campaign has stepped in and sponsored our show. And we are very grateful for that. Because of his sponsorship, we are able to take conservative news through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And that's pretty exciting for us. Well, we have got a treat for you today. I have got a special guest, a friend of mine, Jim Minnery, who's the executive uh, director of a couple different things, which is very exciting. He uh, spearheads uh, faith and politics here in Alaska, and and I appreciate that because I think anytime you can insert a little Jesus is a good is a good is a Amen. good thing, and and we need Jesus in uh, all the nooks and crannies of our lives, and so Jim helps make sure that happens in the political world all over Alaska, and so Jim, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, and you're on this segment five questions where I ask our guests around five questions. Sometimes I go a little longer, which is totally cool, but I'll just give it over to you, Jim. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do here in Alaska, and then we'll jump right into the five questions. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm Jim Minnery. I've been here my whole life, um, born and raised. I was in uh, uh, graduate school at uh, at one point uh, for nonprofit management, and I looked up, um, I was doing a, a uh, research paper, and I saw a guy named Tom Minnery, and I had never met another Minnery that wasn't related to me, and so I looked the guy up, and it turns out we're second cousins. He was, um, uh, he's from Ohio, but he, he was currently living in Colorado Springs, and he had worked with Dr. James Dobson at Focus on the Family to start a, a public policy kind of branch or arm of Focus on the Family. And, and it, for those of you that don't know, Focus on the Family uh, uh, really, um, you know, deals with frontline issues regarding uh, family and the intersection of how faith and, and, and your relationship with Christ um, can build and should build your family's foundation. But they hadn't really done public policy work very much until the late 80s, mid 80s. Anyway, after, after having met with Tom and Dr. Dobson, it turned out that Alaska was one of just a handful of states that didn't have an official family policy council on board. Um, and so I was very excited to had done a few things uh, after graduate school with the Red Cross and March of Dimes and Crisis Pregnancy Center. Um, helping to position them in the community to, to raise money. And then I thought, you know, this one really keeps on coming back to me. Um, so I worked with a guy named Dave Bronson, um, who many of you nice. might know. He's our current mayor. And 
we we got together because he had actually um, registered Alaska Family Council as a domain name. And I never heard of the guy. This was in 2006. Um, and so we got together for coffee and that became the beginning of Alaska Family Council. Um, and uh, we've been around since 2006. It's my full time um, career in, in, uh, in managing the ministry. We have a few staff members and we're looking to expand. But our, my passion is to, uh, like you say, in the intersection of faith and politics is what animates me. Politics is, is breathing to me. It just, it's just something that I, I'm always thinking about, always have really. Um, and, uh, there's no place, uh, that, that God is not the throne on the throne of including the realm of civil government. And, uh, so it's been fascinating and challenging and wonderful over the last, you know, 15, um, years or so to uh, to work with individuals who want to get in the mix in terms of people who want to be uh, elected to public office. Um, some of them really don't realize, I think, what uh, what they're getting into in terms of, you know, Satan um, has been given control over uh, this world. And um, it's obviously a, a temporary um, a temporary assignment, but he's been giving control of this world and, and, the, and the, um, the seat of power is government. So when you go into that arena from a principality's perspective, it's very dark, um, especially if you're standing for truth and for righteousness um, and justice based on God's design for human flourishing. And so, um, you know, that's been one of the, the challenges and one of the thrills is to be able to sit down, pray with people that are in that position of public power and say, Listen, we're in this together. We know who wins, regardless who of who wins an election. Today, obviously, is the day a lot of people in Anchorage are waiting to see um, if we can capture a few seats back on the school board in, in Anchorage Assembly. We may, we may not, depending on how it goes. But we do know who wins in the end, and that's up to God, um, and it's certain. And so we just have to be. We're called to be faithful and diligent in representing truth in the public square. And I've just been blessed to be able to have a lot of people across the state, um, you know, either on my board or, or constituents that uh, have been a part of this ministry. And, and I'm glad to be on the show today, John. That's awesome. Well, sounds like um, you have uh, your hands full and, and you have uh, quite the task in front, front of you. I know that you have some exciting things coming up, which we'll talk a little bit later about. But uh, my first uh, question to you is this is, you know, you've probably gotten to know, know a lot of uh, political folks over the years. Um, who is somebody in the political world you look up to living or dead and why? Well, I watched another documentary on Ronald Reagan. I know that's kind of a, a, a typical one you hear a lot of, but I was really impressed with this last video I saw. I haven't seen the one with Dennis Quaid. I'm looking forward to that. I think that it's supposed to be a very solid representation of him. Um, but I'd have to say Reagan, just because of his um, uh, because of his winsomeness and because of how. Um, you know, he really took the the, the concept of um, of being a, a city on the hill seriously, um, and especially after you know the the assassination attempt, he, he he. The part that I didn't know was that he was actually praying for um, uh, what's his name, the guy that shot him, Hinckley, um, as he was being wheeled down the hospital room, not knowing if he was going to survive or not. Um, and to me, that really spoke volumes about um, really what we're all about as individuals and in, 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 in the, the public 
um, realm especially is to to look at others who are opponents, not as enemies, um, but as image bearers. And um, I think that Ronald Reagan did that better than than most that I've um, that I've ever seen. And so I guess he'd, he'd be my number one dude. That's awesome. He's a he was a great president. And oftentimes when I ask that question, he comes up a lot. And I think he's been an inspiration to a lot of folks. And um, I think that uh, the conservative conservatives out there are missing guys like him as we, are. As we have sure. uh, Joe Biden as our president now. So um, yeah. what are the next question is this, Jim, what are one or two accomplishments in your life? Could be work, could be not. It's up to you that you're super proud of and why. Wow. I think, you know, first and foremost, that, that God had the, uh, um, the interest in me and, and sought me out despite myself. Um, and that the hound of heaven, uh, got a hold of me. I'm a fallen sinner like everyone, but, uh, that's the most prominent thing, but even prior to that, and that was kind of a gradual process. It wasn't a moment in time. Um, it got intensified, um, after I got involved with the second most um, important thing to me, which would be my wife, we went to high school together and, um, have been, uh, together now for since we got married in 1991. And um, the, the reality is that she's put up with a whole lot as most, I think most wives do, um, you know, and, and I'm stumbling forward and trying to just uh, be grateful every day that she uh, allows me to be in the same house with her. Um, <laughs> because she's got, I, I, I like to tell everybody that I'm the president of the married up club. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and then in, in the work environment, and then she's been able to give me four amazing kids and one granddaughter, and I couldn't be more blessed. Um, you know, the number one thing in, in life I've realized is passing the baton of faith um, on to your children. And I know people that haven't had that blessing, at least they haven't they haven't, it hasn't materialized the way they thought. Um, they're still praying and we're still praying for that kind of thing to happen in some families. But, you know, I have four kids that love the Lord. Um, and it's not to say that there's not struggles and there's not challenges, but I mean, that's, that's the greatest gift that you could ever have um, is to have uh, assurance that you have salvation with your, with your family. Um, in regards to work, I'd say, um, uh, you know, there's the standard trophies that you hang on um, the wall. Um, and for us, it was probably ballot measure two, which was the parental notification law. Um, and then also the, um, uh, the Medicaid funding elective abortion law that was passed and signed into law by uh, Governor Pardell. And, and, and both of those, of course, were overthrown by the courts. Uh, and so that's that's one of our biggest challenges in this state um, is to uh, push back against a, a very activist um, uh, usurpation of power by the, the Alaska Supreme Court. It's stunning um, to see, it, kind of get behind the scenes and see some of the stuff that's happened over the years. Um, you know, I, I tell people that we're working right now on trying to advance a constitutional convention to get people to say yes. And one of the quotes, I keep on trying to say this as often as I can, because it's so uh, intriguing to me, is that they had a, a consultant's report that was provided in 1955 to the original delegates. And it basically they wanted to ask the consultants what they thought of the judicial selection process. 
And the, the outside consultants basically said, we've never in our um, lives seen um, a judicial selection process that gives more power to the Alaska or to the Bar Association um, than what you're doing here in Alaska. And we, we highly recommend that something changes. And that, that consultant's report, although it's listed in Vic Fisher's book on Alaska Constitution, the only surviving member um, of the original delegation, um, that full report never made it to the consultants, or to the, to the delegate um, floor rather. So people voted on our constitution um, without knowledge that there was, there was red flags saying, you're gonna have problems with this. In fact, one of the conservatives at that time of the delegation said, uh, when, it was, when he was asked about this, his quote was, well, you know what, in 10 years we can fix it. I know it's bad, but in 10 years we can fix it because we have every 10 years to vote on the, um, the convention and we've never done it. So that, that my dream is uh, to have another trophy that would be, um, we pass the constitutional convention question, we get the right people elected as delegates and we um, put the court back in its place. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that I'm excited to chat with you about is, is this event you have coming up because um, it's a big deal because, you know, uh, you'll get to talk about it here in a second, but just to kind of highlight it, you know, people, nonprofits and folks all over Alaska throw throw events and they throw fundraisers and, you know, they'll get the normal uh, kind of who's who of Alaska speakers to come speak, right? But you got Dennis Prager, which is like a huge deal. Dennis Prager to conservatives is, you know, like a mini God. And he is a guy that has an enormous platform and he is coming to Alaska, which is huge for us. And it, your event was so popular, it turns out you got to do two events. So talk to me a little bit about how this event um, kind of came together and what are some of your hopes of accomplishments for, for this event? Wow, yeah, you're right. You couldn't, I mean, it's one of those things where I think affable is the, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Dennis Prager, um, just because he's like a grandpa or a, um, a good friend or a, an uncle that you just really are attracted to because of how kind they are and funny. And, um, you know, he's just always, not that he's naively um, optimistic, but um, he, he has just such a good spirit. Um, and so, yeah, we were, we were very blessed to be able to reach out to him and his wife, Susan, and, um, and arrange for this. He told me that, um, you know, the only reason I'm able to fit this in is because Susan told me that she wanted to come to Alaska gym. So, <laughs> know that. so my goal is to take good care of her when she's up or them. And we're trying to figure that out right now in terms of what kind of activities they, uh, they're going to be involved in, um, up here in addition to helping us. And so, yeah, we were sold out quicker than we ever have been at the Captain Cook. That was amazing. And what was interesting was that a lot of the folks that we normally had, you know, cause we've been doing this for a long time. Um, and we recognized all the people generally um, that would come to our events and especially people who sponsored tables. But this particular uh, um, speaker attracted people outside of our normal um, our normal wheelhouse. And so we, we got quite a few tables that were purchased um, by people we'd never heard of. And it turns out they're the folks in the Jewish community. Um, and not necessarily all of them, I would say most are in the conservative Jewish arena, but there's also um, liberal uh, Jews that love Dennis Prager. And there's people outside of the faith that love uh, Dennis Prager, just because he brings a sense of calm and, um, and civility to the, 
you know, to the uh, table. I mean, PragerU has, has, I believe, over 5 billion views, his, all of his videos. I mean, it's, it's stunning to see how hard the left tries to cancel him and then how that does nothing but just increase his platform in terms of how more people are feeding off of it and hungry. And it's a global thing to see how he has really spread um, the message of, of freedom and liberty and, um, and intellectual curiosity. That's the thing that really is, is so fascinating to me is that he doesn't do it really in a vitriolic or political way even necessarily, but he, he just does it from what is right and, and how do we come to those decisions as to determine what's right. And, you know, he, he's more about, he, he always says that he's more about clarity than he is about winning an argument necessarily. Let's just make sure that we have clarity. And that's what's so damaging about the cancel culture is that they don't want to have other sides presented. And that, that causes, um, that, that it's the difference that he always describes uh, uh, between a leftist and a liberal. Um, liberals, the classical liberals want to have good, healthy discussion and they may disagree, but the leftists that are taking on or have taken over, um, are now in this Marxist mentality that we have to, we have demand to, conformity. We, we have to demand conformity and we have to eliminate it's what we're seeing right now in Russia in terms of the fake news that's over there that, you know, that's divided the whole half the country that is being uh, fed the lies that Putin is delivering. And then the other half that's saying this is absolute insanity. And um, so it's on display in, in full color right now. But um, Prager is going to be uh, we were able to get him to another event. You're right. At, at Anchorage Baptist Temple on Sunday. So the event at the Captain Cook uh, Hotel is going to be uh, is sold out. And then uh, that's on Saturday, May 21st. And then we've uh, we're able to get him to come to another event because we had just such a high demand. Um, of, uh, you know, people let down, I kept on saying, oh, no, really, we are, looks like we're going to get sold out. And, um, and we did. And so we were just so blessed to be able to have Dennis and Susan say, sure, we'll do another, we'll do another event. So we'll be at ABT. It's not going to be a full dinner. It's just going to be um, a lecture. We're working with him now on what that might be in terms of the, the content. But yeah, that's going to be on um, Sunday, May 22nd at 4 to 6 p.m. And uh, and that I, I'm assuming, I'm hopeful that it'll get sold out as well, just because um, because it, it's a real treat for, for Alaskans. Yep. So if you're listening, folks, um, I got Jim Minnery with me. And uh, he has just shared with us that Dennis Prager is going to do a second event, which is very exciting at uh, ABT. Uh, Sunday, May 22nd from four to six. And uh, if folks are interested in going, where do they go to buy a ticket? How do they do that? Well, we're, we're literally right in the process of working with our designers and stuff because this, this happened fairly quickly. Um, and you can go to akfamily.org. I've sent out an action alert to the link um, for people to buy uh, tickets and people are already doing that in droves, but um, but we're, we're refining the the site from what it was at uh, Captain Cook. So anyway, it's not it's not quite ready yet, but it will be by the end of today when people go to akfamily.org. Just check back at the end of the day or tomorrow, and we'll have a slider that comes up uh, immediately, um, and uh, it'll give you a link to to the site. To awesome. Buy so last question is this, Jim. Why do you think it's important that faith play a role in politics? I think faith, faith should be uh, a part of everything. Politics is nothing more than just a way of communicating ideas. And we have the best ideas um, in terms of true human flourishing. 
um, you know, the Bible has something to say about every single topic. And it's fascinating. One of the, my favorite books, I haven't uh, read the whole thing, but uh, Dr. Wayne Grudem um, wrote a book called uh, Politics According to the Bible. And he dives into, as other people have, but um, it's fascinating to, to see what scripture has to say about everything from immigration to taxes to um you know, relationships with family and how the government can be uh, engaged and should be engaged. So uh, it, it's this massive uh, misunderstanding, I believe, that was, I think, maybe advanced by Satan himself in terms of uh, the letter to Danbury Church that, that Thomas Jefferson wrote regarding separation of church and state and what that really meant and what how people interpret it now. Um, but uh, it's it's been a, a, a journey for, for 15 years and will continue to be to talk to pastors and people um, of faith to, to realize why they need to be salt and light in that arena. Um, and you don't have to look very far to realize the way I look at, and I'm John MacArthur, one of my other heroes, he's not political, but he's a, uh, um, he's a pastor down in California and president of master's college. Um, he said that, you know, Romans one talks about, um, this three kind of three process, three-step process that God lays out. And the first one is the um, fornication and the sexual revolution. So uh, that's happened obviously in the sixties. Um, and then, then homosexuality is the next thing um, that is discussed in Romans one, which has to do with, you know, turning your, um, you know, your, your uh, desires over to same-sex attraction. And that's obviously been the last 20 years, really, that it's just, you know, uh, unbelievable, um, uh, you know, how how our society has embraced that, including corporate America and everything else um, in Hollywood. Well, the final thing is a depraved mind. And so I, I believe, and as does John MacArthur, that we're seeing that right now in terms of um, God turning the entire culture over to a mind that says, I don't know what a woman is. Um, I don't know uh, um, what a human is. I don't know what true human flourishing is. I don't know the difference between um, a man and a woman. You can choose among, you know, 78 genders now um, in the Anchorage School District, and they're hiding that information from um, from parents. I think we're at a stage right now where uh, it's exciting because scripture is, is being fulfilled before our eyes. And people have talked about this forever. It's just really the time and, and the moment where our, our, our generation sees the second coming. I, I don't know that, but I do know that we're as depraved as we've ever been. And it's being embraced by Hollywood. It's being embraced by academia. And we have an opportunity to stand. And that's, and that's, a, that's a blessing. And it's a, a responsibility. And it's a privilege. Well, thanks so much, Jim. I really appreciate it with you coming on the Must Read Alaska show. For those of you just tuning in, we have Jim Minery here. He's the executive director of Alaska Family Council. He runs the show over there. And then for folks that have asked me, what does Alaska Family Council do? What's a simple two-sentence uh, uh, thing that you could give somebody, Jim? What do you say you do? I, we stand in the gap of the culture in the public marketplace to advance um, ideas of biblical flourishing. That's and awesome. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. That's great. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into the Must Read Alaska show. Thank you so much, Jim, for joining us and being on our segment, Five Questions. We really appreciate it. We also want to thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor. We love that guy. Thanks so much, Charlie Pierce for Governor, for sponsoring our show and making sure that conservative news is heard in all of the nooks and crannies 
of Alaska. If you want, you can also join us on, on Fridays uh, uh, at uh, probably eight or nine a.m. James uh, uh, tends to switch it up a bit, but we do have a show Friday mornings. James Bazin is our, is our host, and Suzanne and I will be back on Monday morning as well. So until then, from somewhere in Alaska, I'm John Quick, and I'm signing off. Thanks so much. Take care.